This is Internet Marketing. So I'm here with Vlad, Head of Partnerships, and Dimitri, CEO at NetPeak. And we're going to be discussing lessons in crisis management from a Ukrainian marketing agency. I know a lot of listeners, particularly in the organic search space, in the technical space, the technical marketing space, will probably be familiar with the name NetPeak, as well as an established agency. NetPeak are also a software company, and they have around 350 employees around the world, but particularly based in the Ukraine. I actually debated a lot today the topic of this podcast and how we would approach the subject because I didn't want to dramatize for the sake of listens, for the sake of clicks, what's happening in Ukraine. But as I reflected on the situation, I thought, well, actually, we're able, our goal in this podcast is able to bring lessons to Ukrainian marketers, perhaps Ukrainian businesses in the short term that will help them. And for any businesses and marketers that are going through less extreme forms of crisis management, perhaps there are lessons that we can learn there too. Firstly, Vlad, Dimitri, thanks for coming on the podcast. Do you want to take a moment to introduce yourselves to our listeners and just describe a little bit about your roles at NetPeak? Maybe starting with you, Dimitri. Yeah, sure. Hi, Scott. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for having us here. It's highly appreciated. So the NetPeak agency established back in 2006 as a performance marketing agency. Uh, nowadays, I guess we are transformed into the group of companies and we started doing our own products, including, as you said before, NetPeak Checker, NetPeak Spider and other software. So we became a group of companies with a lot of, a lot of employees. For now, it's about 900 people working in Ukraine, basically. Uh, me personally, I was in uh, like a, I was in a school when our business was started, and uh, I I think I took all the way from the from the beginning from the, at the, being a junior to a senior executive, chief executive officer, and yeah, many things. Just being there, many challenges, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and yourself, Vlad. Yeah. Uh, hi, Scott. Thank you. And uh, if we're talking about me, so uh, I've joined NetPeak six years ago as a sales manager, and now I'm head of the partnership department. Uh, so main aim of my department is uh, creating a network with uh, companies uh, from all over the world, uh, mostly from Ukraine, uh, with uh, whom we can collaborate, uh, deliver different projects, create partnerships, uh, work with uh, clients like we uh, deliver digital marketing and our partners can help with web development, implementation of technical tasks and so on. So uh, our main aim like a partnership department was to business of our clients and also to help uh, other small and medium companies from Ukraine to find uh, new customers, to enter new markets, to help uh, them to find uh, appropriate way to how they can develop themselves. And are you both based in Ukraine? 
Uh, so right now I'm based uh, in the western part of Ukraine and uh, we've got several offices in Ukraine. The headquarters of the company uh, is in Odessa. The second biggest office uh, is in Kharkiv. It's my native city and I had to relocate from Kharkiv because it's really hot right now in mm. there. Lots of missile attacks and uh, artillery uh, shelling. And uh, the third office of the big agency is in the capital city in Kiev and uh, it's a little bit safe right now and we've got some guys uh, who came back to Kiev and they are working right now here from the capital city. Yeah, I'm originally from Odessa and uh, I had a vacation back in February so I had no chance to return to Ukraine and I'm forced to be in uh, Germany right now and been here and uh, doing all my best to improve the business. Yeah. And so how many employees do you have that are based in Ukraine or that previously were based in Ukraine? And how many of them are still in Ukraine at the moment? Um, well, um, I would say that first of all, uh, before before the invasion was started back in 24 February, as many, I guess like many Ukrainians, we didn't expect that things uh, went into the full-scale invasion, full-scale war. Uh, so. Actually, we got a free basic scenarios to uh, to relocate people, uh, but they all was like a volunteering. So, if you would like, if you want to be uh, in a different places in a different city or maybe outside of Ukraine, we can help you. Uh, but most of people decided to stay in the same places they had to be, and uh, I guess right now. Uh, about uh, 25 or maybe 30% of employees are outside from the cities they live in. And um, 70% of the people, they're still in the same places, in the same towns they are they live in. I assume that this all had to be done remotely and you were communicating with everyone remotely because everyone was based in different places. How did you manage that aspect, just the logistical aspect of speaking to so many employees in different places? Yeah, um, I'd say that we, I think we, was pre- we were prepared for a, for a several kind of scenarios. So our first communication has to place on, uh, I think, like a, maybe two or three months before. And, um, we tr- tried to, um, to do all the best to, um, like, um, to help people un- in understanding what things we will, they will need in case of full scale invasion. It was, um, we made a guide and the people and employees, they knew what they should bring to themselves, like a, a special bag, a passports, um, many other things to help themselves. So our first communication took place before the war. Uh, but yeah, when the war started, we made a Zoom call and we followed it was a remote Zoom call when we um, informed team what we're going to do next. And were you both managing those calls? Was it you two that were at the heart of these calls with employees? How was that managed? 
Uh, you know, I would like to add that, uh, first of all, we've got uh, like a diversity of middle managers, yeah. uh, the C-level, and it was also the duty and uh, of the like team leads, uh, guys of the heads of department to communicate with their teams and to be involved in the process of uh, helping uh, guys in such difficult situation. So... Uh, Everyone uh, was on this meeting. Uh, the founder of NetBig Group, Artoma, he um, arranged this meeting. We, uh, Dima and I, was also involved in this meeting. Other founders and uh, partners took uh, part. And then we, uh, tr- when the invasion started, we tried to find guys uh, who were uh, like psychologically strong and uh, who can operate in this difficult time and they were like a heads uh, who helped to guide other guys with relocation with provided all the necessary information each day we had like a not just a Zoom call, but in Telegram or in Signal uh, groups where all the guys uh, passed information. How uh, do they feel? Where they are? Are they safe? What are their plans? So uh, I think the first weeks of uh, invasion, our main aim was not just uh, going on with the business, but uh, helping all the guys from uh, Kharkiv and Kiev especially to move to the safe places. And uh, we created like a volunteer groups, not just uh, two guys, me, Dmitry, or just the C-level guys. Mm-hmm. So we're operating in these uh, uh, actions. But uh, lots of uh, employees did their best uh, how they can arrange. Uh, for example, we need to relocate 10 guys with their families from Kharkiv right now. So they are going to find the bus. They are going to find this guy is going to find the uh, manager on our side who can uh, help them to get money, to get paid for this bus, to find somewhere where we can get the gasoline uh, and so on, to find the uh, safe place where we can park this bus and uh, collect all the guys. So uh, the uh, greatest point that uh, in our situation, in Netflix situation, the greatest value is uh, our uh, team and mm-hmm. everyone uh, did their best uh, to help other guys. So relocation was not just the successful story of the C-level of the agency or C-level of the group of companies, NetP Group, uh, but also it was a great success and a great efforts and a great job that was done by the employees on different levels. You used the phrase uh, psychologically strong. So it sounds like that some people in a crisis scenario are maybe able to remain calm in some way and provide a level of leadership to the rest of the team. Yeah, um, I'd say that uh, in case of psychological support, uh, just before the war, we uh, hired uh, several managers who has a psychological education mm. so they had ability to they had ability to find out who is in a 
like in a war state or who is not prepared to work well in the next I don't know, days or weeks. Uh, and uh, we had the ability to work with uh, that kind of people separately and to have groups of people um, to have a, to have a conversation groups in order to like to express opinions to show emotions and yeah I'd say that um, I think this is the best part you can do for a, for um, employees for your team because I'd say basically you can't think you can't guarantee them anything uh, because you you, you can stop the war right now. So that kind of emotional support is the only one thing mm. you can guarantee them and you can help them. When the threats of war turn into invasions or you knew you were on the cusp of war, you had already made decisions, I guess, based on information that this might happen to recruit people into the company that perhaps could deal with very stressful uh, situations like war, a psychological difficulty that wouldn't have been experienced previously. Is that accurate? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying to imagine myself in your position thinking what you don't want to do is you don't want to, I guess, allow people to communicate in a way that actually causes more anxiety, more stress, makes information difficult to follow. And you want to make sure that your messages and messages to one another are really clear how do you do that when you've got 300 plus staff interacting with one another? What did you do? Well, um, I guess uh, there are two levels uh, to answer that question. The first level is the tools mm. or instrument level. And uh, I think as a, as a normal, as a large company, they use a lot of instrumental awareness to communicate properly with, uh, with the team. So basically, because uh, uh, as you all know, I call it, <laughs> just like the learn from COVID, um, um, that they can use a Zoom for um, mm-hmm. for video meetings and uh, Telegram or Signal for messaging, um, some kind of presentation tools. But I, I guess that the, the the essential thing here is not in tools, but um, but um, um, a way we do it. Mm-hmm. So speaking of uh, team. First of all, we established a group of psychological support, as you said. The second one was uh, we tried to to make a groups for role-specific jobs, like uh, all marketers communicating in the same group, um, all project managers communicating in the same group, right. et cetera, et cetera, allowing them to, uh, to share the experience. Uh, the good thing we also innovated was... Um, we invited some of the Ukrainian media person to our groups in order to allow people to get an information from the from the first eyes, like uh, from uh, news media, from the media persons. And I think uh, this, I'd say, this allows people to calm down the anxiety to some degree. Uh, and for sure, many kind of language groups to learn something, to learn language, that things, I think they uh, moved the attention, uh, the people's attention from the anxiety, from the war, to uh, role-specific things, to language, to self-development, self-improvement. And you mentioned about 70% of your staff decided to stay within the Ukraine and not relocate. What were some of the reasons that people gave for not relocating? Yeah, I think it's complicated because 
it's related to, uh, I guess that many people have their hometowns, have their apartments, renting of their own, and uh, you have to, you have to allow them, you have to allow yourself to, to think that maybe you're not gonna see them again, and uh, me personally, as a, as a, as a, as a displaced person, and uh, my immigration was not a my conscious decision mm. i would say that uh, that's definitely a very tough decision but uh, as far as i can see people um i think we tend to uh, exaggerate news so basically for example people living in odessa they for sure they are unsafely because there are rocket rocket missiles rocket airstrikes but uh, instead of that, things are calm. So in some cities, people, I think they can see the war. They uh, just uh, maybe can live their normal life to some degree. So that's maybe a decision I don't know. But anyway, I do. the, the thing I do know is that uh, most of the people who were displaced or moved or relocated to other countries, most of them would like to come back to Ukraine once um, conditions allowed them to do so or once war will be stopped. You mentioned that you went through this relocation process at the beginning of the war. Have people had to move around during this war as well? So have you had to relocate people multiple times? Yeah, I guess we uh, we some of the people were relocated several times. We also provide support for relocating between the cities and between the regions uh, of Ukraine. And yeah, I think yeah, this is like a, the, um, the basic thing right now when you can't find an apartment in town city, so you have to decide and uh, go to another one. We've talked about logistics maybe there for employees and some aspects of emotions and the decisions that have to be made. You know, I'm thinking about this and thinking there is so much there and there's so much that you're helping people with. You're dealing with emotions, feelings, stresses. We haven't even discussed business yet. So what are some of the first steps that you took within the business, maybe with clients? Can you remember some of the first things that you had to communicate to clients and what were they? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess that uh, first days of war were really disastrous. So... I can't even remember the consequence and the queue of events. Uh, but what I do remember is that, first of all, we communicated to all the clients via email and uh, told them that many of employees and teams uh, are in safe places. So if you guys uh, need kind of support or um, changing in the on changing your advertising companies or something like that, we can help you. Of course, we shut down many of ads campaigns, especially in Google or Facebook, uh, because for the first month of all, people literally um, stopped anything. And right now, we are continue. We continue the communication on a on a on a monthly level. So it's basically consists of one-on-one -on -one communication from client to project manager as well and communications from marketing so right now we are uh, we are establishing a webinar for our clients for expert clients um, and we and we want to try to show them that today is the 
now it's a it's a really good way for uh, Ukrainian companies to go abroad and doing things like that. So yeah, I think that um, uh, continuous communication is a key is a key resources to um, to to support your clients as well. Are most of your businesses, most of your clients, are they based in the Ukraine? If we are talking about Ukrainian clients or clients who operate their business in Ukraine, I can say that before the war, nearly 70% of uh, our clients uh, were operating their business uh, in Ukraine. So you understand that 24th of uh, February, we lost approximately 70% of our clients uh, in the agency. And also, I would like to add uh, about communication. So in the first days, we had not just to communicate with clients about uh, their project, their business, but also we need need to be strong and take uh, some additional responsibility for their projects. Because you understand that, for example, in Kharkiv or in Kyiv, lots of clients Clients, they lost their team who were all, also relocating somewhere. You do not have a responsible person on the client side who can answer your questions. And you need to make a decision. Okay, we are going to stop. We are going to make some additional things. We are going to save some uh, data for them and so on and so on. So our guys uh especially project managers uh, internet marketers uh, specialists from SEO PPC department did their best to like till the final moment to take all the responsibility for the clients uh, projects so uh after that lots of communication was about uh, okay guys we did this or that we inform you about that we moved on uh, with some special uh, tasks or we just stopped these things uh, for you uh, in past one two days or past week and so on and uh, of course in the first weeks uh, when the invasion started lots of communication with clients was uh, the same like with our own employees do you need any type of help with relocation do you need any type of help with like uh, inside your city to move from your city to have some medicine and so on so er- everyone in ukraine uh, did their best to help each other and the business questions was i think till the middle of march or even to the beginning of april on the second stage it was not so important for lots of people but you talked to a lot about what you were communicating about, but not how communication maybe changed. Did you notice any dis- anything different across how communication was different between clients, employees, maybe even yourselves? You're dealing a lot more with emotions, with feelings. It sounds that there was a lot of unity and compassion. Was that the reality? What changes did you notice in how people were communicating? Yeah, um, the one natural thing I noticed, uh, this is weird and funny, but uh, we uh, made a chat with uh, our biggest competitors in Ukraine. <laughs> and in the end, we started to um, to exchange opinions on some topics. And uh, actually, we haven't any communications for years, I, I think. And it, it, that comes to, I think this is really... Uh, like this is support your statement on uh, that, that people become became more emotional supportive to each other and uh, they wanted to help each other so that, that, that was a very natural way thing to me 
you know, you mentioned that business kind of conversations about business largely paused for a period, ad campaigns stopped. I'm sure that impacted things like revenue, contracts. Was there any government level support for businesses? Did that take a while? How are businesses surviving? Because I imagine there are lots of businesses that just went out of business. So did you have clients that just went out of business completely? How are you managed to, managing to retain employees? Uh, are you just taking a revenue hit at the moment? Maybe talk me through that revenue side of things and how business can just continue to operate at a financial level. At the beginning of the war, we lost, I guess, about uh, the first days was really distressed for us and we lost about 80% of revenue. So clients just stopped paying for services. Um, right now, it's uh, really better. And let's say we are on the level of uh, 60-65% of our commercial load. Our main decision was not to um, fire many of employees or cut the team or do um, like an essential cost cutting. So we just decided to um, to eliminate some kind of bonuses, uh, some kind of additional percents, and all the things um, that was not related to our main motivation to wages. Um, and... Um, we, as many companies, we uh, we do have a lot of uh, amount of like, we are, we prepared for a war, so we can so we can um, we have ability to work uh, with a negative cash flow, with a negative net profit, and um, our main goal is to right now working on uh, zero and with uh, no profit but to allow people to work and uh, to, um, to 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 allow them to, to have ability to uh, to cover the essential things for, for living so I, I think it it will be other the same steps it will be the, the same steps we would use in the future so basically no fires uh, no cost cutting for employees but a kind of some kind of reducing and uh, working on the zero margin. Has it triggered any change to the business model that you consider for the future? Are you debating perhaps like whether to launch new software products and to spend more time? And I say that because of the logistics in perhaps running a software product, subscription as a service might be easier perhaps than running an agency logistically. But yeah, has it triggered any change to business models that you're considering for the future? Yep, uh, of course, uh, there are lots of changes mm. uh, due to current situation. Uh, first of all, we already got some uh, software products which are inside of NetPick Group. Uh, mm. So me and Dmitry, we are talking about the business of the agency and the 300 of employees, more than 300 of employees are in the agency. And as Dmitry mentioned before, the NetPick Group, it's uh, 14 companies, also some software. Soft, uh, software uh, products, uh, some uh, uh, like call tracking system, learning platform, and so on. So the number of employees in the NetPeak group is more than 900 uh, mm-hmm. of uh, guys. And uh, if we're talking about the business of the agency, of course, the first step was uh, to find some uh, 
new clients on uh, foreign markets. So what we did, uh, firstly, we uh, get the contact uh, from our current clients, uh, from, uh, for example, like we operate with uh, Vodafone and we in Ukraine. So guys, can you help us with the like, uh, contacts uh, from other departments, other countries? You know our services, you know the quality, you know our team, but mm-hmm. we, we understand that we can't operate right now, for example, with you because uh, you are not uh, interested in the SEO or PPC services right now due to the war so can you help in this way and the same right. with other big clients uh, so it was the first uh, steps uh, the second step we understood and it's uh, one of our new models uh, and how we uh, get the contact of the site visibility so uh, we are looking to help uh, other agencies especially in uh, the UK uh, pretending to be the like uh, trust fund helpful uh, partner where you can get some uh, old stuff, guys, because we've got the capacity. We, we would like, as Dimitri said, to keep all our uh, team uh, inside the uh, NetPeak, not to fire anyone, because mm-hmm. uh, guys are the main value, because all the business of NetPeak is built with uh, these specialists, and uh, everything depends on their uh, level of speciality. And uh, the, uh, I would like just to repeat that they are the main uh, value of our company so okay we can help other agencies with our expertise with our experience with our uh, services to enlarge their business okay i know that the demand for the digital marketing services uh, in the west uh, in europe is really great lots of companies are looking for agencies and even in some companies i know that uh, customers can uh, be on hold for two three months before the agency can stop working with them and okay why they need to wait for this? Why, uh, for example, agency needs to look for the some specialist to hire him for three, four months? Or, okay, we can help you right now because you can get some specials from that big agency. So it uh, and they will work on your side with your clients and give the expertise up to your team. So we are ready to share these like outsourcing, outstaffing partner. And it was also the change of our business. During these 16 years of our development of NetPeak, we were just like a project-based uh, agency. We communicated just with clients. We built our big team uh, to work with the medium and enterprise business. But according to the war, as you asked, we changed our business model and one of the departments, especially my department, is uh, working with other agencies in Europe, especially in the UK. Mm. It feels like a good time for you to just explain a little bit more about what NetPeak can offer. So, you know, if you're looking to collaborate with agencies, or even if you just want to discuss some of the software products, you've got an opportunity now to do it. So um, what services uh, are NetPeak specialized in delivering? Uh, Feel free to just talk them through and let people know where they can contact you if they want to contact you about those services. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Scott. It's uh, I do really appreciate it. And uh, uh, if you're talking about uh, the services uh, that NetPeak delivers to customers or to other agencies, first of all, we are really 
good in uh, good at uh, SEO. Uh, so after uh, these years of development, we created our own tools uh, like Netpeak Spider, which is uh, the analog of Screaming Frog. We created Serp Start, which uh, is something similar to uh, SEMrush and Ahrefs. So we are really good in technical uh, part of SEO and our uh, also products, which are independent businesses for our Netpeak Group company, and also help other agencies. So it's the first service. The second one is uh, we call it. P- PPC, but uh, in this meaning, uh, we are uh, talking about all the types of paid traffic, so search uh, advertising, uh, social media advertising, some programmatic, and uh, our guys can help with all the types of uh, paid media, paid uh, search, and so on. So we are ready to help with this one. Uh, Also, uh, it's really good that uh, we had an opportunity before the war to uh, work with other companies. And, uh, for example, we bought a small company which was called Red Esso and involved them in our processes. And this company has really great expertise in promoting all mobile apps. So they're really great in promoting apps, especially in App Store. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite cases is that guys helped a startup from Ukraine. And I think maybe you know it. It's Reface. Where you can change your face for any celebrity, you know. Uh, and with help of our service, uh, and it, of course, it's a great product, uh, we help them to be number one in the entertainment niche in the App Store in the United States and one of the most competitive markets. So expertise uh, of uh, our uh, as, uh, ASO department uh, is really nice one. We've got lots of services. Also, mm-hmm. it's a web analytical, it's uh, social media marketing, it's email marketing. But if we are talking about the main core services, which uh, can be helpful uh, in the UK, it's uh, uh, SEO, it's promoting of mobile apps and all the types of uh, paid traffic. We'll link to your websites and all the websites for your software in the show notes so people can access those. I do have a a couple of questions before we close out this episode, though. As we were exchanging emails about this episode, there was one phrase that really stood out to me. It fascinated me. I don't remember who said it, but it was something along the lines of, despite the war, uh, we haven't lost our expertise and passion to learn. And I just thought that was a fascinating statement because... My assumption would be that self-development learning would be the last thing on my mind when you have these kinds of things happening. So I'm interested in self-development and how that's been over the last yeah, six months or so. Have you changed anything in the company related to self-development? Have you noticed anything in employees related to self-development? I'm just really interested if you can elaborate on that phrase a little bit and show me what you're, uh, tell me what you're seeing. First of all, uh, you know that uh, in such difficult situations, self-development really helped a lot of our guys to uh, keep on moving to uh, struggle in this uh, situation, to uh, keep their mind clear. You've got an uh, opportunity for you. You lost 70% of your portfolio, 70% of your projects uh, is on hold right now. You... Uh, 
moved, relocated to the safe place? And what kind of uh, thing that you can uh, move on? So you can read lots of news uh, channels about situation in your city, in in the country, how the war goes on, about uh, some missile attacks. Or you have an opportunity, and uh, it was supported by NetPick. Okay, guys, we open all our courses. We also got a company, NetPick Group, that is called uh, Choice 31. It's uh, like about our mission, and I can tell mm-hmm. it uh, a little bit later. And uh, this company provides uh, courses for the guys who would like to switch their profession to enter digital marketing. Mm-hmm. And there are SEO courses, uh, PPC courses, courses of B2B marketing. And we said, guys, it's uh, usually all the employees in uh, NetPick had uh, 15 or 20 percent discount uh, for these courses because it's independent business and uh, it needs to earn uh, their income to mm-hmm. be profitable and so on. But we said for all the guys in the NetPeak group, you can get all the courses for free. So please start if you are interested in, in anything is the first step. The second step, we arranged uh, some uh, clubs according to the interests of the guys uh, in uh, Telegram, like uh, channels, groups, where they can share their ideas about books. Uh, they can share their knowledge and create like a speaking club in English and other ones. Like make it, make it like a game in some... Uh, uh, apps where we can uh, uh, create a whole group of uh, NetPick agency and to get information about the progress, how guys are learning English, for mm-hmm. example. And th- that was also like a help them to be inside this process. Someone might make uh, be- better, have some better results. Okay, I'll do my best to be on the first place or be in top 10 and so on. So it also was like a gamification process. Mm. Uh, the uh, third step uh, was uh, that uh, we understood uh, that uh, our uh, expertise is really great, but we need to learn a lot to be competitive on other markets because some cultural things, some uh, way of creating the content, uh, some way of how uh, SEO is provided on your market, it a little bit uh, differs. Mm -hmm. So we need to do our best to be also competitive, to bring profit and be helpful to other agencies and uh, customers. So it also made our guys uh, like a challenge okay, we need to know something new to be competitive. We would like to uh, work on these markets. We would like to uh, bring profit to our partners. So we need to change ourselves. We need to find the way how we can deliver better services. So it also was a part of uh, education and uh, rising our expertise. I think one more thing I want to add is that we changed our attitude to entrepreneurship um, because now many people uh, hired employee they are uh, do they are on duties and, and have their specific responsibilities but uh, after war started we managed to create a lot of new services uh, particularly in Ukraine a lot of new things uh, which run by uh, some of many of employees and uh, the original decision was to the original desire was to start their own business mm. but now since they have a time we uh, like to start it on the um, in the company so for example we uh, we created that and 
a, a project which called How Are You for um, um, for the Ukrainian businesses who are seeking help in uh, performance marketing. So we are allowed, we um, um one of our employees had decided to do that project, and now we are. Um, um, the companies they can they can submit request and um, they can be chosen from a from a from a short list and to, to get our help for free. So that kind of project and many other projects uh, they were um, run because of war, I guess. So people want to kind of have their own business or consulting skills as well. Just in closing for this episode, so it sounds the word stability feels really strange to use in this context, but it feels like six months on, you've found a little bit of stability. You talked about getting revenue back. You talked about having plans for the future. You have the ability, some ability to help relocate employees and some employees are relocated. Is stability the right word to use? Have you found some stability and how are you feeling about the future? I think... um I'm not sure this divorce ability is something we're looking we'll be looking for uh, next month or years. Mm. Um me personally um um I decided um as you know many of companies uh, from United Kingdom, from Germany and other European countries, they are using uh, Ukrainian IT software development services and outsource and out stuff outstaffing people. Um, so my vision is, and the goal which drives me well, is um, I'd like to uh, create an opportunity for Ukraine for Ukraine and for Ukrainian people to um, have uh, great jobs uh, in Western countries, to have uh, good salaries, good wages. And uh, I'd like to build, uh, I'd like to build an outstaffing an outsourcing hub for performance marketing in Ukraine and uh, make Ukraine well-known country, not only for IT specialists, but also for marketing guys and for performance and digital marketing as well. So I guess for me, that kind of goal drives me and uh, allows me to do my job. Yeah, well, I think that's a great goal. And I think that hopefully podcasts like this one can bring a little bit more awareness about uh, why that goal exists and then how you're going to achieve that goal. Um, so I really appreciate you both spending some time with me today. If there are any other ways that we as marketers can help or marketing agencies can help Ukrainian businesses, particularly Ukrainian marketers or Ukrainian marketing agencies, uh, what can we do? Where can we find you? So uh, if we are talking about help, uh, I think that uh, our main idea while we are looking for partners and uh, new customers and uh, looking for like a great partnership with the agencies and marketers in the United Kingdom. Uh, so it ought to be a win-win strategy. So if you would like to help us, so it's a sharing of knowledge. It's a sharing of ideas. It's a sharing of uh, uh, like way how uh, can be helpful, uh, profitable, and convenient for you to work with the uh, Ukrainian uh, colleagues and what kind of uh, 
expectations, what kind of services, what kind of expertise is uh, needed on your market. And it will be really great uh, to share such knowledge. And from our side, of course, we are not just trying to deliver our uh, services or to be an outsourcing or outstaffing partner. Each time when I meet uh, a new agency, I would like to say that I'm really grateful to all the people in the United Kingdom uh, who are supporting Ukraine. And from our side, from the side of NetPeak, we are ready to share our knowledge, uh, to share all the processes that we've got in NetPeak, uh, to share our like uh, way of development, how we company was created 16 years ago and now we are the biggest agency in the Ukraine. What we use, what how we develop, what kind of uh, learning, uh, managing and other processes. So please do not hesitate to contact us and uh, please we are ready to share this knowledge to make uh, our collaboration helpful. And how to reach us, uh, of course you can uh, find us in netpeak.com on our site and leave a request there or just to email me on uh, partners at netpeak.net by email. So we are ready and we highly appreciate any kind of uh, collaboration and each opportunity to communicate with the colleagues from uh, other countries. So this is the idea. I just remembered one question as well, because you were talking about self-development and you mentioned about learning of English. Have you seen, you mentioned about working with people from the United Kingdom and out, uh, other locations. So has it caused more people to need to learn uh, English or were you learning English anyway? I don't know how that works in the Ukraine. Is it like the natural second language? Uh, in Ukraine, uh, usually it's... Uh... Lots of uh, people, uh, especially the young one in school, they are obliged to learn English. Right. But uh, it's it's going to be the second language in uh, our country, and uh, of course, you need to learn it all the time and to, to practice your English. That is why uh, you just can't uh, graduate from school and say, "Okay, guys, I've got a C one or." a native speaker or something like that. Uh, and uh, of course, when you do not uh, communicate with uh, other countries, with uh, customers or partners from abroad, you forget lots of uh, your knowledge. That is why it's a little bit challenging right now for me at Mitri, because uh, for a long period of time, we did not have uh, a lot of opportunities uh, to communicate uh, with uh, other agencies and other customers from uh, UK, United States or other countries. But Right now we're improving and all the guys in NetPeak are learning English and trying to get the higher level. I would make an uh, obligatory law to learn English as a second language. After Ukrainian, of course. <laughs> Thanks. It makes me feel very lazy. I know a little bit of Spanish, but I don't know any Ukrainian yet. Uh, but what I do, it's funny because just before we started recording, you were saying, you know, maybe you're worried because English is your second language and I, I just want to let you both know that your English is great. I understood you. You communicated your messages really, really well in the podcast today. So there are no worries there. And uh, I really appreciate just you saying that and taking the extra steps to learn English. It's something as English people, when we go to other countries, you know, I think we really take it for granted. So uh, I really appreciate anyone else that's learning English. Everything that we've discussed today will be uh, linked to in the show notes. Vlad, Dimitri. All I want to do is say thank you for coming on the podcast today, sharing these lessons and experiences. 
I've learned a lot. I hope our listeners have learned a lot too. And I hope there's ways in which we can help each other. This has been the Internet Marketing Podcast. Thank you.